I think we have to be open to explore and I think we have to not be afraid to take those risks or to if some if you think if you have a hunch if you like know in your gut that this is a good idea then shoot for it like I mean really what do you got to lose you are listening to one more question a podcast by Nicework, a branding and service design company one of the things we do best is asking our clients the right questions this podcast came about because we wanted to share some of the best answers that we've heard over the last 12 years we talk to significant creators, experts, and communicators who we've encountered. And we share the useful insights, inspirations, and facts that made us stop and take notes as we go about our work. I'm your host, Ross Drex. Today we're talking to Jeff Large, who's a teacher, a writer, and a speaker, and the founder of Come Alive Creative. Come Alive Creative helps companies come up with strategies for their podcasts and they can even take it all the way to producing that podcast for you. In fact, he was instrumental in helping us with the equipment for this podcast and the other podcasts we produce, Radio. So it's a little bit of an inception episode where we talk about podcasting, why you should and shouldn't start a podcast, and more importantly, how to set a victory condition for your podcast before you start producing it. He gives us a lot of insight in how to maximize your return on investment on the content you create and how you can create once and reuse it many, many different times. My favorite part is when we put him on the spot and get him to come up with a few podcasts for companies like McDonald's. Enjoy. So welcome to the podcast, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so, so I would just like to understand from you a little bit about sort of how you've taken a medium like podcasting and and how have you built it into a, a company and a career and, a, and an entire uh, entire experience for yourself okay that's a huge question so i'm going to give you a thousand foot look and then okay. you can ask like follow-ups and that, that way cool. we'll, we'll tackle the things that we need to. Um, originally, I'll probably start, the easiest place to start was um, originally professionally trained as a, a teacher and an educator. So I taught middle school for multiple years and I taught um, basically pre-K through eighth grade. It would be here in the States. Um, I know it might be structured a little differently in South Africa, um, but kind of basically like primary grades through some middle school-ish um, for technology. And I'm just shy of my master's degree in education. Um, left that probably six or seven years ago um, for a variety of reasons and started um, my company at the time, Come Alive Creative. We were sort of your, started off generic web dev and graphic design marketing, those kind of normal things that normal agencies start off as. Niche down through uh, over the course of like four years or so, a couple different years, like into e-commerce and then some more custom web builds and finally got to a spot where we started to offer to a few of our clients podcasting basically as a marketing service. And it was through conversations with a couple friends and my wife that I just was sort of sick and done of with doing web dev and doing sites uh, that we offboarded all of our clients um, that weren't getting the podcast services and completely just niche down on that. So I'd say for probably the past two-ish years or so, we've been 100% offering um, basically turnkey solutions for producing a podcast for companies and businesses. 
So, so now, I mean, well, firstly, I love the, the um, concept of offboarding. Um, you know, everyone talks about onboarding, but uh, maybe we could all spend a little bit more time offboarding the, the clients that we know we all need to, but, but haven't. Um, yeah. how, how, how's, you know, what has been the kind of impact in, in that kind of niching down and, and focusing on something? How, what has that done for, for Come Alive Creative? Um, out of the gate, so when we did it initially, it was a, it was very, very much like starting a business again, except when you're way smarter because <laughs> you've already done it once, and it's yeah. like almost the almost the same business doing it again. It's kind of that that redo, or you always ask yourself like, what advice would you give yourself twenty years ago? And so I like had that advice, and so it started slow. Our first year, like I switched. I made the transition with the company like in the summer months. So like for us, quarter two, quarter three ish, I think it was like quarter two, I made it official. And then it took, it took probably six months or so to get like, get rid of in a good way, but to offboard all of the clients. Cause we had some, um, say servicing contracts with their websites and some other things that we had to wrap up and we, we cleared that all up properly. Um, but that first year was slow. Like we, we took a hit in terms of money. I had to pull a loan, um, in order to float things personally for a little bit, but we still were pretty convinced that it was the right move. And since then, um, it, it was the right move. Like we've already, Gosh, in terms of numbers, um, just broadly speaking on numbers, I'm pretty sure like we're, we're hands down. This is the best year this year. 2019 is the best that we've had so far. Um, even last year, I'd say last year we probably had one of our better years. And then this year it's already like I think we did what we did last year, like in the first quarter type of a thing oh, wow. um, in terms of, of that type of. Yeah. So, I mean, the fa anytime you niche or anytime you specialize, uh, I think especially to a broader audience or if, if say the listener is maybe younger in their um, freelance career or their, their digital career, like it's it's rare unless you make a stupid niching decision that it isn't going to benefit you. Um, and it's one of those things that you're hesitant because you're like, why in the world would I tell somebody no? Um, but I've found the more that I can define myself by those no's. I, I don't remember if that's like a Seth Godin quote or something, but um, they're really important. Like understanding who the right person is, understanding who the wrong person is, um, and being able to operate in that space can be extremely helpful and beneficial to your business. So, so now, I mean, that's an interesting segue into to the question around, you know, sort of creating a podcast and, and putting out this, this message into the world is, is almost a broad, a broad focused thing. How would you, you know, like how, how do you recommend companies, brands or businesses use a, a podcast in their business, you know, to, to sort of support if they are niching down or if they are, they're selling their services. How do you use something as wide as a podcast to service that? Yeah. Now, now I will say like a lot of that again is sort of a bigger question. And so I'll, I'll answer it in two ways. Um, the first is if anyone, any prospect comes to us, like I need to know out of the gate, what is your goal or what are your goals and who is your target market? And so it's like, before I even get on the phone with you, I need an understanding of that because even though I would argue 
podcasting is an excellent medium for a variety of reasons. It's not always the right solution based on what goal you have in mind. And so once let's let's say we're talking about goals, like very, very common things that people will tell us is they want to be a thought leader or uh, some sort of expert in a particular space. They want to build awareness around, say, their company's culture or the services they offer or a product that they have. Um, those are probably some of the more common ones. There's there's a million different things. It could be networking. It could be a variety of stuff. And so when we're looking at it in that way, um, there's it, it, what would be helpful, what direction to go, like in terms of the reasons like all the reasons why they might do it or like how you can validate if it's working like what what would be the next i don't know what are you curious about uh, i suppose it's it's that thing i mean we talked a little bit about return on investment like obviously if you're going to start investing all this time and energy into this thing what do you think the some of the best use cases are for it Okay, right on. I, I pulled that article and I didn't want to jump to this if, if this wasn't where the, the rabbit trail was going. So so I'm with you still. Um, traditionally speaking, like if, if we're going to look at, I'm a business, I'm thinking about a podcast, I want to know how I can justify this to whoever, myself or somebody else, an executive team or whatever it might be. There's several things that we can consider depending on our goal and depending on if this is a worthwhile investment. And so I'll give sort of a, a quick pass and then we can dry, dive into different ones because they sort of play out differently with each client. Um, traditionally speaking, most people just think of downloads and really from a digital marketing sense, that's equivalent to impressions. And so it's yeah. if you're trying to have a, a high reach, you just want to like come in contact with a lot of people. Um, that would be kind of the default. The second default that people mostly go to, and then this can go hand in hand with downloads, is the sponsorships or ad revenue. And so for me, from my experience, most of the time when we're approached by brands or companies, they're caring about it more from a branding standpoint, whereas um, a lot of the time independent creators are thinking about it more of an ad revenue or a supplemental income type standpoint. And so... Both those work, and then you can get into some of the different ways that you can approach sponsorships. But I would argue the downloads and sponsorships are honestly two of my least favorite ways to consider this like downloads matter in some cases like for example we're we're working on a couple different narrative style casts, and by the nature of that style of podcast, like right now we're doing an interview based one, you're going to have a cap in terms of how many people are listening just because there's a lot of interview based podcasts and you don't need a lot of people. You just need the right people. Whereas some other ones, if by design, if you're thinking of like public radio or you're thinking of these more storytelling style podcasts by their nature, they should have a broader and larger audience. And so it does matter sometimes. So I don't want to discourage that too much but other things is it not also a little bit oh, thinking okay. about it you know like um it's almost like early social media everyone was just about likes like let's get as many likes as possible and that's all mm -hmm. we really kind of need to know now i think the whole narrative is shifting more into a uh you know like engagement so it's less about the volume of likes and more about the quality of of engagement that you're having with people is, is this a similar sort of thinking here in the podcast world it depends on who you talk to, because like I said, like I don't want to diminish too much um, 
the what we're talking about this like downloads and such because there's companies say you take a company like Gimlet Media out of the states here they just got acquired by Spotify um it's Alex Bloomberg he's like a former NPR guy got trained by Ira Glass who's just a legend in terms of public radio and things and they're doing like minimum like they're producing shows that have a minimum like 50,000 downloads per episode type of a thing in order to justify the work that goes into it in order to justify and get the ad revenue that they need uh, and things like that and so there's companies that are strictly modeled in that way that this this is our business model this is what we need to accomplish but on the other hand and what i would suggest is there are plenty of situations where you just don't need to do that volume again going back to those goals and so for example like we have some clients that might want more of a social proof standpoint um, you might need to learn about your audience in in a different way that is more in depth than just say surveys and things you might want opportunities to network with the right people or become like we said earlier a authority in a space based on association and so you get these interviews whereas if if you just would have like emailed me or called me and been like hey jeff can we talk for an hour the chances of that are like uh eh, probably not sorry ross <laughs> but, the, but, but the fact that you like hey jeff i got a podcast and it features people like you would you like to be on i'm like sure why not and so like it changes the game in that sense where you have a reason to talk to cool people um from it you can build really really great relationships where i've had from the very first podcast i ever produced is like our mutual friend rich like gotten to know him over the past whatever it's been now five six years um and have built legitimate relationships like just good friendships through it um it's an easy way i know i think we'll talk about this a little later it's an easy way to create content that is easily repurposable and reusable um and so and then on top of it too just learning like it's such a wonderful platform for learning and even kind of more lightheartedly it, it's fun like it's a really fun medium to work in audio is an extremely unique uh, kind of creation it's got an intimate feel to it like whoever listener you're i'm in your earbuds right now <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like those kinds of things and so it's just i don't know it's it's firing on all cylinders for me it's it's definitely one of my favorite mediums to work with um i can totally second that i think it's been a lot of fun you know it's just really interesting to go and have these focused discussions with people and you can actually learn quite a lot i've got already four or five notes that i'm gonna think about when I leave this conversation. What do you think, you know, cause, cause obviously there's this idea that you need this massive audience. What do you think is the, the kind of minimum viable audience for like a, a company or a brand to start justifying, you know, kind of creating this kind of content for, for someone or for themselves. So I, not for someone. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it depends on how oh, that's tough. I'm going to answer that in two ways. In one way, all you need is the right person. And so there'll be things like time. I mean, you're, you're looking at, you're looking at your resources and it, it, broadly speaking, it's money or time. Like for me, time's more important. Hopefully for most people, time is more important because it's the one finite one we have. We only have so much time. Money, money comes and goes, whatever. It's it's important. You should factor it in, but it shouldn't carry as much weight as time. And so you kind of balance those with whatever your responsibilities and your obligations are. That being said, 
you can do like like say for example i weigh this out with certain speaking engagements like i'll speak at different word camps and if people aren't familiar with what a word camp is it's basically like a mini conference revolving around the wordpress web dev platform and so even though i'm not doing web development anymore i'll still go speak at those and sometimes they're smaller and you don't get paid for speaking at a word camp but for me, it's like you just need to come in contact with the right person and you don't know who that right person is. Where, say, for example, I was on a podcast just a couple of weeks ago. Um, I was on the Matt Report and Matt, he's a he's another freelance gentleman um, in the I think he's actually working with a company, I think Pagely um, at the moment. And he's in the WordPress space. And simply from that interview, I had a company reach out to me a person from their marketing team that I've been pursuing like as a client for since 2016 and it just so happens this other person who wasn't in the loop of the people I was communicating with from their marketing team was like hey I heard you on the Matt report really like your philosophies I want to work with you and so for me it's like it, all it took was that one person to hear me yes and so so it was worth it in that sense the the on the flip side though like I can say, depending on how you're producing it and what kind of investment you're putting into it absolutely matters. Like, so if, if we're, if you're doing it yourself, like if this is a run of the mill or kind of DIY type setup, like it might be worth not having, you could probably get by with just a couple hundred or a smaller audience. But once it starts to get to certain, certain thresholds, like if you're paying like four figures or five figures for like a, like a longer extended period of time, um, then obviously you, you need to see something. There needs to be evidence that it's worth doing it. And again, that's, that's all variable based on what it is you're trying to accomplish. Okay. And, and do you feel, you know, so now you run your own podcasts which is kind of you know the almost the one of the faces of this your your company and, and do you feel the pressure to make sure that your podcast is produced to a, a super amazing level considering this is what you're trying to sell to other people or do you, um, do you leave it a little bit more experimental um, and and play with it a bit more it depends on which one you're talking about i have a couple internal ones um my primary one is just Jeff Large, the Jeff Large podcast. And the only, there's a lot of things I could do better. And I know I could do better. Like it could be branded better and I could easily have a larger audience. Like nobody cares from a branding standpoint. Like who's this Jeff Large guy? Like people don't care about that. But what it affords me to do is have the freedom to just play and experiment and to me that's more important i would rather have the flexibility on my own show to interview the people that i want to interview to try the things that i want to try and it becomes a sandbox for me that i can go back to my clients and so instead of like experimenting on my clients work i could go hey i did that in season two and these were my results or whoa i just tried this thing out and look at what i got let's maybe tweak it on yours and so it affords me the freedom to do those things. And to me, that's more important than having like a 100% consistent polished show with the most perfect branding. That's a hundred percent clear and niched. And like, I don't necessarily care about that on, on that one. Now, that being said, we have another show um, that we just recently launched called creative marketing brief. And it's a daily 90 second show that 
I did a, a significant amount of research going into. I, I touched base with a lot of the digital marketers that I have friendships with, did background research in terms of what they needed. And in short, it sounded like easy ways to access actionable or inspirational information that they could utilize in the articles that they're writing, that they could utilize in their own work. And so what it does is it curates really good, actionable or inspirational content. It's just a daily quick show, super low investment because these people don't have time. That one, I'm making sure it's spot on. Like it's extremely targeted. It's fulfilling its promise in every single episode. Each episode sounds great. I got great music on, on it from the producer we're working with or the composer we're working with. Good information, inviting other marketers on. And so there's this whole like underlying tone to it that I, I have and I have my own agenda for it and that kind of a thing. But that one's much more polished with intent and like I'm, I know I'm going to get it to do what I need it to do. And so it just depends on what your show is. And again, I just I can't stress enough. It goes back to goals. I mean, so, so one, one thing I do really enjoy is how on the Jeff Lodge podcast you are unabashedly curious so you even stated up front at the beginning of the season be like i want to learn about this and i'm going to interview a whole bunch of people so that i can understand this topic um mm -hmm. what are some of the the interesting conversations and and unintended consequences that, that have come out of this kind of you know curiosity that you you're turning into a podcast uh man that's just my life like <laughs> you if have you ever taken the um strength finder tests from gallup poll yes okay the it, it gives you the type if, if the listener's not familiar it's just kind of a personality test more or less like you look at myers-briggs or any of these other popular ones and the one with the gallup poll the strength finders it's based off the book like if you read the book uh, strength finders 2.0 and i went through this course on it and just became really, really fascinated with it. And there's roughly like 30 strengths and those 30 strengths can get broken up into like four different categories. And it's something that we fully utilize with our team to make sure that we're well balanced and that I understand how to work with them well. And a lot of this goes into my teaching roots even and understanding just how different we all are and how we need different things to be successful and to scaffold and all that. And the the long long story short my strongest one the one that i've ranked the highest in out of those 30 is learning and and i just am curious and so it's not even just like hey i'm curious so let's make a podcast i'm just generally curious like i love watching say my kids and how they interact in the world and their stuff i learn from them all the time if you just pay attention and you're aware when you're out and about you're going to see so many things that you otherwise just miss when you're kind of like head down doing work and all these things. And then the podcast really becomes this avenue that I can explore those things. And and we were talking a little bit beforehand, like there was a while, um, say last year or two years ago, I intended to start an e-commerce, like an e-learning place. I had come alive Academy and I had this whole business plan behind it and stuff. And I've since shut it down because I just didn't have the bandwidth to keep it up. But I spent an entire season talking to the smartest people I knew in terms of membership sites and e-learning platforms and all that, because I just didn't know. I didn't know enough to feel like I could execute well on that idea. And so I went and talked to people that did. Or you go back to like in my other, <laughs> my previous life um, when we had a board game publishing company 
that whole thing started because of the podcast that we had. We were like, okay, we, we want to make a board game and get it out there in the world. We know we're going to go to Kickstarter and we're going to try to crowdfund it. What can we do now to give back to the community in advance? And we decided, hey, we'll start a podcast. And that was like the first real encounter I had with it. That was like late 2014. And we just started talking. The whole focus was the business of board games. And so not just like Candyland and Monopoly and those types of things, but more indie games and gateway games and, and just better, better done board games. And, uh, we interviewed everyone. So the game designers, the graphic designers, the illustrators, the publishers, the distribution chains, the manufacturers, and learned everything we possibly could. And we went from really not knowing much of anything to becoming a definitive authority in the board game space at that time where people would come to us for advice. And, and it's just because we were curious. And so I can't, for me personally, I can't stress enough like how important that's been to my career and in everything that I've done way before even the company that I'm running now. I mean, I think really, really interestingly, um, one of the most interesting podcasts I've ever heard was um, coming back to Gimlet, Gimlet Media is um, when they started, they started a podcast called Startup, where Alex Bloomberg basically recorded some of the most awkward and real conversations that that somebody can in starting a business and how they went from literally having no idea what they were doing to to kind of figuring it out and you mentioned that Spotify has actually bought that company for yeah. you know so in a, in quite a short period of time too and i think one of the oh, things yeah. that made it that that successful that quickly was that just that honesty and realness that they were putting out there where an audience can look at that and be like, I'm also interested in this. And I've also felt these, you know, like these feelings and I, I totally um, back what you guys are doing. And then they use that platform very successfully to launch other, other podcasts in their, in their network, which I thought was very clever. Yeah. yeah that, that whole thing is super wild. If you, if you look at that, like if you look at it from, they literally just got acquired by Spotify. And then you go back to like episode one of startup where he has that terribly awkward episode with uh interview with Chris Saka. Yes. It was like episode one or two. And Chris is like, no, 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 this is how you need to pitch your idea to me. <laughs> he's like telling him how to pitch it. Cause he's just like biffing it so bad. Yeah. <laughs> he's not, not making his case. Yeah. It's crazy. It's totally crazy. I mean, one of the one of the trends we we starting to to see and and trying to use in the work we do is that idea of strategic giving. That I think we are moving into a place where people want you to show value, or at least give a bit of value before they are you know before they're willing to buy, or even just as a way of building a relationship with them. So the more generous you are with whatever it is that you have to give away, um, the, 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 the quicker you can see success and the quicker you can see kind of traction and stickiness in the market. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, that's, that's really, that would be a fun me. That would be a fun idea to explore because there does seem to need to be elements behind it. Like there needs to be somewhere that you can get, like I can take my prospect or my client down this path to eventually or potentially work with me but that's not ever really the agenda like with the giving like you just you just give for the sake of giving because it's it feels good and it's the right thing to do but obviously if you don't have 
like a legit business in place. Like you're just going to be giving away stuff all the time. And so it's kind of a weird balance that might be fun to explore. Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd love to do that. Uh, one of, I think the greatest examples of this is IDEO. Now IDEO basically gives away their entire process for nothing. And they've built courses that you can go and do for, for absolutely no money. Um, and they, they just hand it out there. And I think it is that they've reached the point where, you know, if, if I had a certain project, IDEO would be the only company I would use. The only real factor is, do I think I can afford them or, or not? Which is a very mm-hmm. um, kind of thought-provoking for me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and so, so you, you've gone full into podcasting and you've obviously seen and, and heard a lot of these podcasts what do you what are some of the most unique takes on this medium that you've you've encountered how so like wait, give me a little more detail so like is someone breaking the format in an interesting way or using it in a in a in a yeah. kind of dynamic way i mean the one I'm trying to remember the name quickly but it was they they basically it was produced by prisoners in a prison you know, so you actually hearing a podcast produced by prisoners for other prisoners was a very interesting um, kind of use case for it. Okay, okay. I'm going to be honest. This is going to be the funny thing. Now that I work from home, I don't listen to podcasts nearly as much as I used to because I just don't really have a commute. Okay. Um, I have to drive a little bit like because our, our kids go to school just a couple of days a week. They're pseudo. They're like half homeschooled, half half uh, classical education. And so when I drive, like I'll listen sometimes and I can tell you just like say off, off the cuff, one of my personal favorites right now is called 20,000 Hertz. And it's just basically the story of sound and it's the sound production agency. They work on games and movies and all sorts of stuff. And they have all these really quirky fun stories regarding sound and it's kind of a narrative style that one's been terribly fascinating for me Um, but in general I don't have any specific examples unfortunately however I will say we have to be doing that like what you're referencing of just looking for ways to break things and looking for non-traditional approaches to tackle interesting problems and that's honestly even going back to my own show uh, that's why I, I can talk to all kinds of different people. And that's part of the reason that another reason why I've left it a little more broad in terms of its branding, because even say, if you listen to my past couple episodes, I, I interviewed Howard Benson, which he's like this multi-platinum album producer from the rock genre. I interviewed Charlie Meacham, who's like a former LG, uh, the ladies pro golf association commissioner. I interviewed this really Rebecca, Rebecca love this, amazing nurse who's doing a bunch of work in the entrepreneur space recently had a ted talk and all sorts of things and it's like if you just looked at the backgrounds of each of the people that i'm talking to there's little correlation at times (laughs) but but for me that the there's principles there like i don't i don't care if you're a garbage person or a policeman or some crazy ceo like there's something there there's an inherent value in you as a human and with your job and there's something that we can distill out of it that most likely can help me and our listener if we're open to it and it just kind of i think goes back to that curiosity and so when you mention these i wish i had better examples of things that i knew out of the gate that people were doing with the podcasts um but it, it, it is one of those things where 
I think we have to be open to explore and I think we have to not be afraid to take those risks or to, if some, if you think, if you have a hunch, if you like know in your gut that this is a good idea, then shoot for it. Like, I mean, really, what do you got to lose? It's, you can just take a stoic philosophy and go, okay, this is the worst case scenario. That's not that bad. Let's do it. And leave it. Um, so, so here's this for a challenge for you. Um, if McDonald's came to you guys to make a really good podcast for them, uh, what frame would you do uh, for McDonald's? <sighs> I don't know if I'd take on McDonald's. <laughs> I I do not eat there or like their food or I don't know. I would I would have a moral dilemma if McDonald's came to me. Can we please pick another company? Pick another company. Okay, let's try and find. Uh, what kind of fast food are you are you interested in? Uh, it has to be fast food. Um, what do I like? I don't eat a lot of fast food. Maybe do you guys have Jimmy John's in South Africa? No. What is Jimmy John's? It, it's like this sub shop. It's like this. They they have really their marketing is super fun. They're they have this whole theme of freaky fast, and the only reason it works is because they employ like I swear you go in there and there's like 32 children behind the counter that just each have one individual job of making the sandwich, and so you buy it and then it's like instantaneously ready, and so it's kind of funny in that sense. Um, so how how would you turn is. how would you turn Jimmy Jimmy John's into a podcast. They're trying. They're trying to sell more Jimmy John's. That's their goal, and their target market is anyone who's hungry who happens to need a sub at that moment. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, this is on the fly. <laughs> this is like this is like doing math live. It's just a bad idea. <laughs> the only thing. Okay, you gave me some basic parameters. The only things at the moment that would come to mind because their branding is on the freaky fast side, like I would highly no based on uh, based on their nature because their freaky fast is like such a huge part of their branding. I would want some sort of daily short form cast more than likely amazon briefings um if you haven't heard of those are a big thing that's part of the one that i was talking about the creative marketing brief and so if you have a smart speaker and if like you say you have an echo you can sign nobody really knows this yet like there's not many people using it um you can assign skills to alexa or you can like um have it you can subscribe to different they're calling them skills the language of it's kind of weird still but essentially it's a it becomes part of your news so if you're like hey alexa tell me the news and you subscribe to these different briefings um it'll just be these little short snippets they they have a variety of ranges in terms of length but it usually works best if it's like 60 seconds or maybe 90 seconds tops and all the major players already have them like npr and, and these different people um but I would do something like that that could be integrated into your normal life um, that would be quick. It'd have to be. They have all kinds of like cool facts and stuff on the wall. Like I went for the first time, went in their bathroom and like they had all this just ridiculous facts about toilets and like just like like a super quirky, fun company. And so, again, this is just shooting from the hip, but to fit in their branding to do what they're doing if they wanted to just get more exposure i mean that's a branding decision so you want it to appeal to a lot of people it should be congruent with the stuff they already have going maybe something along those lines but again i'm you're putting me on the spot and i don't know i don't feel like it was a good pitch <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could also give a personality to each one of the ingredients because there's like 30 people all placing a single tomato or a slice of cheese 
so yeah, they can have 60 I'm seconds to talk story. about the cheese <laughs> um so so just to um we, we're almost out of time but but i really appreciated some of the things you were talking about how you can potentially use your content further than just a podcast like what are some of the takes you have on now that we've recorded this episode like what would you do with your content to kind of stretch it a bit further than just the long form interview oh absolutely Th- this is great and this is like just a philosophy that we carry across the board with any type of marketing and if you can't reuse it if you can't repurpose it in at least several different ways like why are you making it because at the end of the day like the this whole idea and this is this you'll appreciate this this is the whole like looking in other weird places i came across this article i don't even know where i found it but it was talking about lumber yards and how at some point in time i don't know if it was in the 50s or what it was competition got so fierce that they had to look look across the board at their their companies and how can i make this more efficient how can i make this better how can i become more competitive in order to just stay stay afloat against all these other people and instead of just making boards like instead of taking the tree and turning it into boards they took all the the rough like scraps and you can turn those into mulch even down to like the sawdust that they were selling it off to farmers to use as bedding for the animals and so it's like there's more detail to it but literally every single possible byproduct of the wood or of these trees were being reused or repurposed in some way. And I'm like, holy moly, what can I be doing with my own stuff? And so the idea started with um, not not a podcast, but I'll bring it back around. The idea started with I had an idea of trying to create it was earlier when I was thinking about making the courses and whatnot and I had a friend of mine who's really good at AdWords um, and he's like hey let's run a campaign see if you can generate some interest write down everything you know about how to make a podcast I said okay and I made this like 4,500 word post start to finish how you create that podcast from idea all the way to launch and we ran some AdWords tests against it based on his calculations he was like hey it's not going to work And at that point, I could have just killed the idea. And so it would have just been like a one-use thing, and it's done. But instead, and I won't go into all of it, I was able to take that single post, turn it into into a blog series, like a five or six-post blog series that I sold to another company. I had a shared contract. I put it on my own website. The other company liked it so much that they asked me to do a video series based on it. I found out different um, posts that were more popular than others, and those posts got turned into their own individual websites in terms of like how to buy certain equipment and which equipment to use, um, and it got turned into like multiple mediums. And so what it comes down to is a single piece of content turned into like seven or eight different pieces of content. And so in the same way with, say, a podcast, like out of the gate, if our team is working on your podcast you're normally going to have other elements like visual elements to it, the cover art, the promotional things that you might put on social for that particular episode. You're going to have written components, the excerpt that gets shown on say iTunes and the different podcast distribution networks. And you're also going to probably have show notes that go along with the post that the podcast is on. 
you're also probably going to have transcriptions. If you're not reusing those in other ways, like you're crazy, the, the excerpt, throw it into your newsletter and use it as a promotional piece to get it out there in that way. When you're taking your notes, take good quotables from the other people and you can pull those quotes out and turn them into audiograms or you can turn them into images with the, the guest saying this really nifty quote or you can just use the quote as a standalone in social. Like there's so many things that you can do that you should be like it's just dumb like you're just losing easy easy work because it already exists and we all learn in different ways and i've never once had a person to complain like you do too much content like it's never been said it's, it's people appreciate it because everybody's on different platforms and they have different preferences and different learning styles and so the more ways that we can repeat that without necessarily creating a lot of extra work for ourselves it's just like a no-brainer to me like reuse your content as much as possible and I think that also, I mean, looping all the way back to the beginning about your goals. So if one of your things is to position yourself as a thought leader, what better way to do it than to have 15, 20 different takes on the same topic, you know? So you're like, well, here's, if you're interested in this, here's the video, here's a long form interview, here's a couple of bullet points that you can put into your thing. I think it does work very well to to align your, your company with a particular thought or particular kind of positioning. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, Jeff. Well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. You're a, a very pleasant person to speak with. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm going to snip that out. And one of my use cases is I'm going to send it on WhatsApp to my wife just to remind her <laughs> when, when she's arguing with me about something. I'll just send it to her. And she, <laughs> no, just no, no. You don't understand. Jeff said I was pleasant. <laughs> Uh, well thank you thank you so much and um, I hope we will chat again in the future absolutely awesome thank you for listening we believe sharing knowledge is an obligation so if you know someone who would benefit from useful insights to stay relevant in the world of creativity brand innovation technology and interacting in this new world please share this podcast with them on top of that we welcome feedback good or bad so if you've got some please reach out to us one more question is brought to you by the people at NiceWork, a branding and service design company in Johannesburg, South Africa. If you would like to chat about the challenges you're facing, reach out to at www.nicework.co.za. We release an episode every week, so please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're really old school, hit us up and we'll make you a mixtape. <laughs>